Mic check. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic check, mic check. I want winners. Episode 32. 32. You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls. And Anthony Rinaldi. I'm going to say something crazy. How about being like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, oh, gee. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Romanella. Alongside me, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing good for multiple reasons. The biggest is that we are together today in the Digme Dab Studios, and we obviously remind the people that we are presented by Digme Nation. Yes, the Double A Balls podcast is the official podcast, sports podcast, of the guy in the tie. Head over to digmenation.com. Use the promo code, what is it, Anthony? Dig the dab 18. Dig the dab 18. That is 30% off your next purchase, the purchase after that, and even probably the purchase after that. Digmenation.com, official podcast sponsor of the AA Balls podcast. And of course, get us on Twitter and on Instagram. Social Media Blitz. DAAB podcast on both. All right, Anthony, I am fired up. The baseball diamond is hot right now. Everybody's in playoff contention, and it is awesome to watch. Andrew, let's just jump right into it. Astros, look out. The champs struggling down the stretch. The Oakland Athletics. This AL West race is coming down. Unbelievable. To what, a half game right now? Yeah. One game lead? And where were the A's in June? I don't know. I don't even think they were thought of. Billy Bean, right? Are they legit? Do you think they're legit? I mean, I don't know. Listen, Houston has come in. They're, they're going to come back. Listen, they're, they're all injured, right? They just got George Springer back. They just got Carlos Correa. He's been back for a week. I believe El Tuve, he'll be back sooner than later. You got that ace of a pitching staff. Yeah, Verlander, Cole, McCullers. I think they'll be all right, Andrew. Yeah, they have a bunch of all-stars. They have a bunch of guys that aren't healthy right now. And they are good enough. I don't think it matters how they get into the playoffs or if they have to go through a one-game playoff because at the end of the day, Justin Verlander is probably one of the best arms in baseball right now. And if they have to go one-game playoff, I'm taking Justin Verlander over a lot of guys. But on the other side, the Oakland A's, who I believe just took three or four from the Astros, I polled the fans, Anthony, and the fans, 80% of them believe that the Athletics are a contender. Do you agree with that? Because let me give you this stat before you answer that question, okay? I want to say, hold on, first, I want to say it was all the California listeners voted for this one. All the California listeners, you think? You think we have that? because no one cares about Oakland. Oakland is not a contender. Do you you think that we have a contingent in California? A huge one. Reach out. Reach out. We are cross-nation, global. On June 15th, the Oakland Athletics were 34 
and 36. Not too good. Not too good. I believe 11 and a half games out of first place. Today. How are they, do, how are they doing now? Today, they are 74 and 50, and wow. they are one game out of first place. So I agree with the people because I think their, their bullpen is legit enough, and they did go out and get. Familia from the, the Mets to hope to hopefully secure the back end. Now, I don't think that's the greatest signing in terms of the playoffs because, as he proved with the Mets, he was not that good in the playoffs. That's neither here nor there. Uh, the Manet, I, I know he got shelled the other day, didn't pitch very well. He's a legit ace for them. I don't know how deep they go in terms of starting pitchers or how much I trust that. They're, they're very good offensively. They can play baseball a few different ways, which I think is huge right now. And I think they're they're a contender. The only problem is there's three or four teams in the AL right now that you can look at and say, I also think they're a contender. So I think it is, who do you trust to keep playing well down the stretch? Dog days of summer. I said it many times on this podcast. Teams just got to get through this. And you could tell by the Yankees getting the injury bug. Houston had the injury bug. You know, Cleveland's kind of been hanging out, lying in the weeds. They, they they kind of wrapped up that division a long time ago. But you're right. Houston, Seattle, Oakland, the Yankees, Boston. I mean, four out of five of these teams are have over 100 wins, Andrew. And it's going to come down to a one-game playoff. And I know that right now the Yankees have a four-and-a-half game lead. We're plus four-and-a-half in the wild card, which is... Uh, Basically what we're aiming for. I don't think we're going to catch the Red Sox. Nine and a half game lead right now in the AL East. I think you're comfortable I mean, if you get to September with a five game lead in the wild card. Yeah. I, I think I like that's four and a half. comfortable. I like four and a half. Listen, Didi going down scares me a little bit. And obviously, Judge is not right. So he's he's still on the DL. Santos, wow, Stanton. He, he's coming back. For, oh, he's hot. Wow. I, get, I mean, listen. That's what you've been waiting for, though. Listen, you're Yankees just, fan. It just got to warm up a little bit. Anybody, He's used to the Miami weather, but it's too cold in April for him. Can I say this to you? No. I, 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 it's your I, show. Say it, brother. Okay. Anyone that calls in and gets mad at Brian Cashman as the GM for the Yankees and thinks that he's not a good GM really needs to take a hike. I mean, come on, Andrew. And the Don't fact that people, people ever booed Giancarlo Stanton blows my mind. It's New York. Blows my mind. What have you done for me lately? Take a hike. Take a hike. And He's LMVP. that good. He's fantastic. He's carrying their team right now. Somebody, him and Andujar. Thank goodness for him, because that dude traded for him in fantasy. Last time we sat together in the Digme Dab Studios. That was like a year ago, wasn't it? It felt, felt like a year Jesus. ago. We discussed if we felt like the Yankees' wild card chances were in jeopardy. They have since added about a two, two-and-a-half game lead to that wild card. Like you said, it's four-and-a-half games now. I don't think it's in jeopardy anymore either. But to finish the athletics conversation and ask you about the Mariners in the same breath, do the Mariners have enough to come back? Or are we really looking at it as whoever doesn't come in first place in the AL West is going to be the wild card that the Yankees have to play? I agree to that, Andrew. I think it's going to be Yankees and Oakland. I think it's going to be my boy, Luis Severino. Although, since you brought Brian Cashman, we could, we could bring up uh, our boy Lance Lynn or Jay Happ. I would trust Jay Happ right now in a one-game spot because he's pitching lights out. Severino did have a better start. Severino did have a better start. You have to see a few of those in a row. Exactly. Tanaka, I mean, that's a, if, if, his, if his sinker's not 
not sinking. He's in trouble. I would trust J.A. Happ, Ant, but if you're a Yankees fan, and listen, if you're, I'm a Mets fan, you tell me right now we'll be in a one-game playoff and Bartolo Colon starting, I'm fired up because I'm fired up to be in the one-game playoff. But at the end of the day, if you're a Yankees fan right now and you foresee the future and J.A. Happ is starting your wild card game, something went terribly wrong at some point in this season, and that has to be corrected going into 2019 because it's going to be very hard to win a World Series this year if Luis Severino is not starting that wild card game because that means there's something wrong there and there's something not right or they needed him to pitch in the last week of the season to lock up that wild card and though both of those scenarios are not where the Yankees envision themselves going into the playoffs it's hard to complain when you're 30 what are you, 33 games over 500 i mean listen baltimore's i mean baltimore hello boston's having such an unreal season that uh it's just, you know, you got to chalk it up to, all right, listen, now all the pressure is going to be on Boston because if Boston doesn't get to the World Series, and what, I mean, what's all this nonsense for in the regular season? You know, winning 100, on pace for 114 games, something like that. But like you said with Severino, I mean, something's got to be wrong. Yes, his last outing was better. His, his velocity is fine, but he's not locating. His slider's flat. He's getting hammered. I don't, I, I, you know, obviously I'm not a pitching guy. I don't, I'm not. You know, in there every day. From what I see, he said he's fine through his translator. He doesn't want to go into DL, but I think it's almost like, hey, let's right, let's slow the let's slow it down. You, you saw what happened with Boston and Sale. He's back on the DL. More shoulder inflammation. That's never good. So I mean, Severino looks like he's fine on the surface, but is he hiding something? Is is something mechanical not right? I mean, listen, he's got to be our ace because, like you said, if if Jerry Hap's pitching that game come uh, or late September, early October, we're looking at something horrible, horribly wrong. But Got to trust a lefty. Got to go after it. One game, you know, Oakland. Who do they got? Chris Davis? Your boy Jed Larry? You're Come right. On. You're right. And I and I, I, still take the Yankees. Got to be healthy, though. If it's the, I can start naming injuries left and right if here. If it's the Yankees at home. Can't use injuries as an excuse, Anthony. I, I agree. If it's the Yankees at home, I probably take the Yankees versus both the Astros and the A's. Really? Yes. I just, I wow. do. Like, Over I just, Verlander. You know it's going to be Verlander. Yeah, I do. You know it's going to be Kate Upton on the mound. I do. but You and, know that bro's going to be. And I do believe Verlander has the Goyones to go into Yankee Stadium and, and absolutely dominate. And Judge hits one 127. But that's my, but, and that's where I'm going with this. Now, if Judge come ba- comes back and he's right and he's Aaron Judge and... I don't need him to be Aaron Judge the first week of September. I need him to be Aaron Judge the first week of October. That is all I care about. His numbers, the end of the regular season, do not matter to me as long as two things happen. We lock up the wild card, and he's healthy going into the playoffs. That's all I care about if I'm the Yankees. But I need to see Gary Sanchez come back. And I need Gary Sanchez to come back and impact this lineup. Because he wasn't impacting this lineup going into it. And I, I would argue that... The Red Sox would probably still be a solid chunk of games ahead of the Yankees right now. But had Gary Sanchez and some other things, probably the health of Tanaka and what you got out of your starting pitchers in certain areas, the way the bullpen should have been performing and wasn't in some stretches, you could argue that you should still be fighting for the AL East title right now. But because of a Gary Sanchez who because of a Greg Bird who was injured, because of now a Gary Sanchez who's gone on the DL, because of a CC on the DL, a Tanaka on the DL, Luis Severino for uh, forgetting how to be an ace for a solid month and a half, 
you're now in a situation where you're looking at it going, J.A. Hat might be on the mound for the wild card. A, how healthy will we be? And B, how much will we be performing? Because some of the young guys that are on the DL or were on the DL haven't necessarily come back and performed. You're right. Gliber especially. I think he's batting 256 now. Uh, Andujar, he's carrying. And you traded Jury. Yeah, listen. There's your experience. You traded Jury, right. But I think Andujar may have a good shot winning Rookie of the Year. That'd be nice back-to-back Rookie of the Years, Aaron Judge. They're just in minor league factory, but that's another conversation. Gary Sanchez went down in the DL, wasn't doing squat. All right, got a lot of pass balls. He's got to work on a lot of things. But you're right. Gary, if Gary Sanchez played to the back of his car like he did last year towards the, towards the playoffs, you're going to see a very important bat back in that lineup. We hope Aaron Judge starts, you know, he's taking dry swings now. I heard he was in the pool taking swings. They call those wet swings, Andrew. They're hard, that's though. Some, that's some baseball knowledge for They're you. They're hard. Great workout. So we hope that Judge comes back when he does. You can hope Stan, because since he's rolling, he continues to roll. Didi probably going to land on the 10-day DL. That's okay. Got a heel kill you. What's he going to miss? We actually have two off days coming right. up. He may miss seven, eight games, whatever. Here's my question, and shout out to one of our listeners for this one. Michael Braun. Greg Bird needs to step up. Andrew. Yes. And you saw a glimpse with that first inning grand slam. I mean, the dude is a lefty bat, as a power lefty bat. In that short right field porch at Yankee Stadium, he needs to go back. If we all remember against, I don't think it was against Kluber, but it was against Cleveland, and that they were down, you know, two games to none, and he hit that huge home run to, to lift them. We need Greg Bird. We need the old Gary Sanchez, the old Greg Bird, a healthy Judge, a healthy Didi. I need a million dollars. Let's yeah, start well, asking we, for stuff, we Andrew. All, we all need that. But, no, you're right. And and to reference what Anthony just mentioned, Michael Braun reached out to us on Instagram wanting to know what everyone thinks of Greg Bird. And I would like to know that as well. So hit us on the Twitter and the Instagram if you have an opinion on Greg Bird because I agree with you. You want a power left-handed stick in that stadium. Now, you could have a power bat from both sides, the way that stadium plays. But... We all understand the way right field works, and Greg Bird is made for that. And at the end of the day, to, to, to sum up the Yankees' last six weeks, you need to regain health from your primary players. You need to find consistency in that lineup. Just consistency from the fact that these are the nine guys. We're trotting out here every day. We're healthy. We're working together as a lineup. We're comfortable, and that's it. There's no more moving parts. Yeah, there's some shifts here and there from the the DH or some days off to get ready for the playoffs. I understand all of those things. But until you lock up that wild card spot, you want to find a way back to health and back to consistency. And on top of all that, you need consistency from Luis Severino and Gary Sanchez when he comes off the DL. I trust that Aaron Judge is going to be back. But those are the two guys I look at as to the difference makers for the Yankees to potentially win a World Series this year. I hope Brian Cashman has a lot of Gorilla Glue and some duct tape back there. Listen, Andrew, you're going to have to do a lot of makeshift. Ro- uh, Aaron Boone's going to have to do a lot of roster maneuvering. We have a very short bench as it is because we carry, I don't know, 18 pitchers, and we have like three guys on the bench. One's got to be the backup catcher, obviously, because you can't have, you know, Romine. God forbid he goes down. So if Didi goes on the DL, you're going to have to look at, you know, playing, move, move the Glyber Torres, who's a natural shortstop, put him at short. Neil Walker could play second. 
Thank goodness, I believe Stanton's leg is hamstring. It was a little tight, you know, so that's why he was DHing. But now he's going to move back to right field, and we're going to open up that DH spot because you know we're going to have to add some, you know, a bat to this lineup because once once Didi went down, you know, you can't ask. I think they're actually going to bring up Tyler Wade, so it's like you know that's another that's another two you know two forty average you know down the drain. That's all, not an automatic out, but I mean, who's he in the lineup? You have guys like Shane Robinson who are filling in. Yeah, it's all nice and he's a, he's an MLB ball player and all, but. He doesn't scare you like Judge and a Stanton does. But when these guys go down, you know, other guys got to step up, and hopefully we can, like I said, just get through August. You know, we're almost there. And let's uh, let's get ready for September. Before we move on to one of our favorite segments of all time, how do you feel about Acuna Jr. from the Braves getting plunked on the first pitch of the game? My man throws inside. Check out the tape. He told you. Him and Don Mattingly. Do you agree with the one Keith Hernandez? Listen, that's such an old school train of thought. Uh, you hear a lot of different people. You know, we don't need that in our game anymore. Man, you know, Manfred wants to kind of you know rule it out. You, know, you don't see. It's one of these unwritten baseball rules. It's kind of how the the you know players kind of keep themselves in check. It's kind of like the way, it's kind of the way they like the in hockey. They had fights. The players can police themselves. Uh, you don't like to see it. Because, you know, God forbid a 96, 98-mile-off fastball rises on you and you catch somebody in the face region. Got uh, him in the elbow. Exactly. And he went down. He, you know, Atlanta probably held their breath for a quick second because the, the young man is having He's, having a year. What was it, four straight leadoff home runs? At I, I, I want to say my man Andujar may have locked up rookie of the year, but I think Acuna may be And that's part of the reason battling. why the Braves are even in the fight for the NL East crown right now, exactly. a year or two before exactly. people even so, believed it. So you don't want to see... I just think it's too much. Yeah. I mean, listen. MLB... Uh, the Braves missed... MLB missed a great opportunity to really just kind of go off the beat, beaten path here. and Just go out of, out of left field, WWE style. I wish... I wish uh, Freeman would have come running in and tackled Urania and just started an all-out brawl for hitting his in. buddy. Yeah. Right in. Just take your 10-game, 5-game suspension, whatever nowhere. it is, and just start throwing haymakers and just get a whole-out brawl going. Yeah, but I feel like that's deserved in that situation. You're going to hit Nick Markakis, top-row elbows. Well, listen, Andrew. I to, here's the one thing. I, I mean, I would have turned I would have tuned into that. You would have had a fan for life. I'm going to call myself a bit, of, a bit of a hypocrite here because I'm the same guy that cheered when Noah Syndergaard in 2015 threw up and in to the first batter of the Kansas City Royals in Game 3 of the World Series at home at City Field. I was going wild, and I love that message, but the difference is, now you could tell me he tried to and he missed and he hit him, or he tried to control it and not hit him. At the end of the day, there was a guy hitting a guy not hitting that, and the same message was sent. And that's my thing. You can, I, I coach professional baseball now, and I understand it's not at the highest of level, but it's still professional baseball. And you even see it now. If a guy's taking too long to get in the batter's box, or he calls a late time, and it, or C does something. Just chucking it to the stands, like, it, what's his face? And it's one of those things where the pitcher will either A, do something to then slow his timing down, or B, that next pitch is a fastball in. And I'm not hitting him. And maybe I'm not hitting my spot and getting a strike, but at the end of the day, I'm sending the message I need to send without drilling a guy with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball in the arm, in the back, in the head, in a potential area where now we're talking about careers. And I think to end that conversation, that's what frustrates me the most, is you're endangering guys' careers when you do stuff like that now. And you said hitting their spot, and that's the control is the issue. Back in the day, pitchers could throw the high heat, you know, under the chin, you know, brush them back, throw it. 
Look at Ryan Madsen. Threw a fastball, hit Joey Votto in the knee. Now, Cincinnati, they're not doing anything to show How about that? They're Joey garbage. Votto went wild. Joey Votto, was, he knew it was, a, it, it was retaliation. He knew yeah. it was retaliation. And like a week later, he's on the DL now because he can't get right. And I mean, yeah, Cincinnati, they're not doing squat. But like, that is just a pitcher. I mean, does a batter run out there with his bat and clank some money, a pitcher on the arm when he's uh, dealing seven innings scoreless, no hits? No, you don't do that. But it's baseball. This is how they do it. But it's the control is what these young pitchers, they're not being taught or they just lack that ability to really, you know, dig in, throw it inside. You know, like Roger Clemens, Mike Piazza. I mean, that was a great little matchup, you know, back in the day. All all steroids at him. Listen, Roger Clemens. Heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah. Fired up. Fired up. Let me throw my, let me throw your bat at me. I bat at you. So listen, I, I, you know, to bring it back to, to, to Atlanta, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, Six games, good suspension or bad before well, he, we go. How about he threw a complete game on, on this on the appeal? So it, I think it's fine. Like I said, it's a pitcher. He's going to miss, what, maybe one start? That's what it is. I, That's because, why they do six. And I think Mike Golick said it this morning. He figured it out. Uh, if a player, like a, a position player, were to, were to lose five, five, five or six games, whatever it is, it's 3% of the season. If a pitcher misses one start, it's 3% of the season. So it works out. It actually the same. works out the same way. So, listen, he'll, he'll get, he'll, he'll get the, the, I think they'll uphold the suspension. He'll go, I mean, Miami's doing squat this year. So, I mean, it is what it is. And to finish that, it actually is pretty disappointing as a guy. If you, Even if you're not playing that night or not pitching, being around the guys in the clubhouse, the environment, the game, having to stay away from that, that's also hard. So I know he's only missing one start, but missing that for five days as well as punishment in its own right. I mean, you spend every single day with these guys for 180 That's straight a days. Missing a paycheck, Missing man. a paycheck, so all of those things. Well, we will be right back, Anthony, after a word from our sponsors. Have you been looking to remodel that bathroom with an elegant and beautiful shower door? Table-looking dull and old? Enhance your home furnishings with a quality piece of glass from Angelo at Hawthorne Glass. Yes, that's right, folks. Are you tired of looking through those old dirty windows and patio door? How about that broken or torn screen? Don't wait any longer. Loyal Dab listeners can take care of it now. Call Hawthorne Glass at 973-427-4344 and schedule your home consultation today with Angelo. You can trust Angelo. He's been serving the community for three plus decades with quality service and fair prices. They don't call Angelo the best in the business for nothing, folks. If you want that property upgrade and you need that quality service, you can depend on Hawthorne Glass. 973-427-4344. And when you call... Use promo code DAB Podcast. That's D double A B Podcast, and you will receive an additional fifteen percent off. Did Angelo call and jack up the savings for he's the fans? Get, he is getting so much feedback from the listeners that he said, "You know what? Give the give the listeners a little more. I want more of their business." Help, folks. Get on the fifteen percent. Call Angelo. It's for the people. Tell them Andrew Andrew and Anthony sent you. He'll love you for life. It is for the people. DAAB podcast receive 15% off your first purchase. I'm not that good at what do you got right now. I know that I did okay last week, but I know that you did better. So I'm just going to let you take this thing away. We want winners, Andrew. And that's what this guy gives you. 25 and 20 is where I'm sitting. You, my friend, are 22 and 23. You're creeping on 500. You're almost like the Mets. It's been a tough road back. Tough road back. I'm going to give you one point 
for last week's call. The Oakland Athletics put it up on Houston. Your boy Jed Larry, I think, went one for four. Didn't do much. Maybe a run. I, I'm going to give myself one point as well because I had Verlander and the Astros. They won. He pitched five and third. Not a quality start, so not really going to give myself any kudos there. But, like I said, I'm going to jump up. I'm so we take... washed the performer. Yeah, we washed the performer. We each get one for calling the right team to win, or at least having the right guy on the team that won. So I get the podium. I'm going to stick to the diamond, Andrew. I almost went preseason football, but then I realized nobody effing cares about preseason football. <laughs> Even though it's the third week and that's like the walkthrough, yeah. it don't fucking matter. No, it doesn't matter. So let's stick to baseball. It's hot right now. I'm going to stick to the NL because the NL wildcard race is hot right now. St. Louis visiting the Dodgers. That's for my West Coast, the West Coast posse out there in California talking about the athletics being contenders. The Dodgers struggling right that now. That is a 10 p.m. jump off on ESPN. Jack Flaherty versus Bueller. Bueller. That's right, baby. Give me the Dodgers. Give me Walker Bueller. They got to turn the ship around. Let me get my notes out. I believe they're two games out of the wild card right now as we speak, Andrew. And St. Louis is hot on their tail. And they're only a half game out of the wild card. So the NL, I'm sorry, the Dodgers are one and a half. So you're going to see an interesting race come, come, come down to the wild card there in the NL. So I want the Dodgers to right the ship. Manny Machado, that dude got plunked by a position player. Don't get me started on position players throwing baseballs now. And they're just not performing as well as anyone thought they would when they made that Machado trade. Yeah, they're kind of slugging, uh, being sluggish. So we'll see, Andrew. But I trust in the Dodgers, my man, Magic Johnson. You saw what they do when Kirsch was on the mound 12-1 against Seattle. Put so a beat down never. on him. Now or never. Andrew, give the people something to watch for. You'd probably be wrong because you typically are. So give it to me. What do you got? What do I got, Anthony? I do not have a playoff race because, A, the Mets are underachieving. Oh, well, nice. actually playing very well right now, but as an overall season. And, B, so are the San Francisco Giants. But they square off. On Thursday, I believe it is. That's August 23rd. That's a 110 start. And that's going to be the last game of this four game set. It's a getaway day. Is that a little afternoon delight? It is a little afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. And Jacob deGrom takes on Madison Bumgarner. And that's why I want the people to watch because this is arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now. Jacob deGrom, 8 7. A few more wins underneath this belt. 171 ERA. Taking on a Kind of often injured in the last year and a half, Madison Bumgardner, who's still pitching to the tune of a 3-0-5 ERA. He's 4-5 and five in the win-loss column. The Giants are underachieving to the standards that they believe they'd underachieve at. They're not really in the race, either in the wild card or in the NL West right now. But that pitching matchup is that good, Anthony. It is that good. And no matter what the records of those two teams are, People should be tuning in to watch that game. Mad Bum versus the Grominator. I mean, listen, it's not, like you said, it won't be, it was, offensively, it won't be pretty. You'll probably both see a pitcher duel. That, that being said, it'll be 8-7. Watch, you know, get to the bullpens, it's going to get ugly. Because I'm picking the what do you got, and I'm choosing Jacob DeGrom. So, so yeah, I'm watch. It's like taking Sunday at the Masters, Andrew. Let's take yeah. the friggin' Cy Young Award, the, the leading guy. Of course, he's going to pitch well. But let's see if your Mets can give him a little bit of offense. Yeah, and maybe give me a little bit of offense. Listen, they on scored what you thirty got. runs in two games. They're took, playing. Took better. a split. They're playing their young guys. They're just letting guys go out and play baseball, and it's turning into something positive. 
and they're getting positives moving forward. What is a little disappointing, and obviously, what do you got sponsored by Hawthorne Glass? Remember to call Hawthorne Glass and use the promo code DABPODCAST973427-4344. Man, reminiscent of Angelo over and all of my pops. He was a great Little League baseball coach, Andrew. And I remember you telling me you were quite the Little League baseball coach. Oh, man. I was a player. I was pitching. Pitcher back in my day. What I was going to say to you... Had them thunder thighs. What I was going to say to you was what disappointed me about what was such a great night at the Little League game between the Mets and the Phillies was that one of the three best pitchers on the Mets staff didn't even start. It was Jason Vargas. Now, mind you, he pitched well, but man... Would that have been great if at that field, historic Bowman Field, around all those little kids who just idolize these dudes, you have Jacob deGrom throwing as hard as he's throwing, dominating as much as he's dominating from that close of a distance for those kids. But at the end of the day, still a fantastic experience. MLB hit a home run, Andrew. Simple as that. I mean, from start to finish, it was everything that they – Thought it would be. I mean, the, the it's called the MLB Little League Classic. It'll be, it'll be going on. I guess yearly now because next year I believe Pirates and Cubs will be will be facing off. So look forward to that. I mean, you had Noah Syndergaard in the stands, hanging out with little leaguers. Coolest thing I've seen. Watching a base, watching their baseball. Him, Steven, their, Matt, Jacob, yeah. Degrom. Team Canada rode on the bus with I think the Phillies or the Mets. Either way, rode to the stadium with the you know with the guys. They interacted. And, I mean, you just saw all the players really got into it. They were there signing autographs. The, 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 the MLB players were getting autographs from the Little Leaguers. What I love about this whole experience. The stadium held 2,500 people, Andrew. It was fantastic. What I love Typical about this whole game, experience you know. is it's bringing people back to the love of Little League through Major League Baseball. Because right now, Little League Baseball is a dying breed. And I think you could sit here right now and tell me, and I could sit here and tell you, and I bet a lot of people out there that listen to this podcast could also tell you some of the most important times, the most fun times, the times that might have shaped them growing up happened via Little League. And I'm not just saying Little League baseball. That also extends to softball and AAU basketball and whatever the Little League version of soccer is and whatever that is for football, which is Pop Warner. Whatever it is, the, that, that shapes youth beyond just playing sports. And Little League Baseball, being somebody in the game of baseball right now at the amateur level and the professional level, you see a seriously watered-down product because everything's about spending money. Everything's about travel baseball. And we've gotten away from the beauty of Little League Baseball. And I have to be honest with you, Anthony. And and I polled our fans out there. I simply asked the question, do you like Little League Baseball? And over 80% of them said yes, they love the Little League World Series. Do you like the Little League World Series? Over 80% of them said they like the Little League World Series. And I'd have to agree with that because of what it's doing to build back up Little League, which is more important than just the kids that get to play in the World Series on TV. Right, and I think it's a great opportunity for baseball, like I said, to kind of get back into that younger generation because there's always, I feel like baseball, they say it's a, you know, you, you had mentioned that you think football's kind of slid into that America's pastime role 
I kind of I'll agree with you that the the masses definitely love to watch football, a bunch of barbarians hitting each other, whereas baseball is kind of more of the elegant game, and it so it's like kind of like the I feel like the older the older generations appreciated baseball now, so it's like how does baseball get that, you know, sixteen to thirty five generation like where like how do they how do they get those those fans, and it starts in little league. I mean I have some of my some of my best friends play we played little league baseball. We had an all star team. Never made it obviously to. To this, I don't even know if it was around. I'm sure it was back when I was back in Little League. Well, and I have to tell you, I hated the Little League World Series for the longest time. Probably until I started coaching baseball. Because I never made it. Because I was on all-star teams. And I'll never forget. And it's a long road. It is a long road to get to the Little League World Series. And it is not your local Little League's all-star team of buddies that play in the Little League. It's not that. It's now turned into, you know, hand-picked kids, teams that are more together, that are through Little Leagues than they are kids that actually play Little League baseball and get picked for the All-Star team. But either way, I disliked it because I never got to make it there as a player. And I wanted that more than anything as a young kid. But I think about my experience playing Little League and how much fun I had and the times I think about why I love the game of baseball the way I do now, the things that I learned then that are actually important to me as I got older. And I just love what Major League Baseball's done. And, and, and you're right, they hit it out of the park. And they, they need to keep this thing going. And I appreciate as well the players and the way the players handle the situation. They understand it's going to be a long day. They're up early. They're on the bus with the kids. They're eating with the kids. They're doing photo shoots with the kids. They're, they're at the field. They're watching games. They're in the stands. They're interacting the entire day. Then they're playing a Major League Baseball game until about 10.30 at night and then traveling on the road. And I appreciate that because I think, to your point, the game of baseball needs that. And a lot of the, a lot of the MLBers were kind of giving the kids advice throughout, throughout the day and the weekend. And the message I kept driving home was just – have fun, and you know sometimes as kids, you know little. It's, it's I, I'm kind of not torn, but I kind of understand why some people don't like the little word. I feel like it's a little bit of pressure on these young athletes. You know, you're putting it on ESPN, you're putting it all over on TV. You know, God forbid a kid misses a pop up or strikes out, and the big you know he's gonna have that hor- horrific thing on video for the rest of his life, and he'll make a bloopers on ESPN for. You know, throwing a ball over into short, you know, short field, whatever, what have you. And then he'll learn that any press is good press. That's there you go. <laughs> That's right. We like it anyway. So I feel like, I mean, listen, we have we have the home, t- we have Staten Island. They've they've gone fifteen and zero since they've put these kids together. They're two games, two wins away, Andrew, from playing in the world, the U.S. World, cha- world, Championship. world Championship bracket, right? So that's fantastic. Got a root for the hometown kids, and I'd be remiss. If I didn't bring up the legend, the living legend of the Little League World Series in 2018 so far. A little boy out of Middletown, New Jersey, Andrew. Big Al. Hits dingers. I hit dingers. Big I mean, Al I hit dingers. He, 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 That's he, why people love it, though. You saw your boy Reese Hoskins from the Phillies. Yeah, on Sought him out. Sought him, Sought him out. out in the crowd. They wanted to meet video. that little 12-year-old. That dude, he's going to have so many followers on the gram. We need to get him... On the, on the da- podcast. The da- podcast. Well, I'm going to reach out to Alfred Delia out of Middletown, New Jersey, repping Jersey. Big we'll Al. Get him, we'll get him on the podcast. Big Al is the reason why the Little League World Series is, is a complete success. And you, I know you talk about the negatives, you know, when the kids fail on TV and stuff like that. But boy. Magnified. Boy, does it, does it lend itself to some really positive and really powerful moments, either between coach and player 
or when you watch a 10, 11, 12-year-old kid succeed on television in a big spot, in a big crowd, and the emotions on those kids' faces. And I mean, it is it is cool. And, and, and to finish, what I, my point was is that I hated it as a kid, never being able to go to it. But man, do I appreciate it now because I get to see what it does for baseball. And we need that because, like you mentioned before, I'll say it all the time, football, I think, is now the pastime for for America. And, I mean, we're about to talk about preseason football because that's how much people care. It's get, the, get the people on board, Andrew. Listen, like you said, they're going to be doing it again next year. I said Pirates, Cubs, 2019. It's a great event. You can't go wrong, MLB. You really hit it on the head there. Just just continue to roll. And like I said, I football, we can go any which way you want to go. We can go injuries. We can go preseason, Andrew. We can go potential teams that – you brought up a good question. You said – you asked me what teams I wouldn't play for. Like, what are you talking about? It's professional sports. I play for all 32 teams. Yeah. I don't care. All right. So, so then so – then, right. 30 teams? What, how many teams are in What I love asking that question. You know, if you were good enough, right, what team – I am good enough. What team would you want to play for? Because you, if you have the choice and you are good enough, there are probably teams you look at and say, man, I don't want to be on that roster because I'm nowhere near winning or nowhere near anything positive. So if you were that good and you had that talent level, Anthony, what teams wouldn't you play for? Oh, that's easy. I got a list of four. I got my Mount Rushmore of teams I wouldn't play for. You love making lists. Love lists. <laughs> Two of them reside in the NFC East, Andrew. I would never, ever play for the Dallas Cowboys. And the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles, the Patriots, or the Cleveland Browns. Merely because I I don't like anything Boston, so they're out. They're out. Anything Boston, scratch it. Has nothing to do with Eli Manning, Tom Brady, Super Bowls. No, no, nothing. And the Cleveland Browns just suck ass. And like my man man Joe Kim Noah said, I ain't ever heard anybody say, I want to go to Cleveland on vacation. <laughs> so what the hell is there to do in Ohio? It's a great point. Nothing. So those are the four teams, Andrew, that I would not. I right, come on, listen. If I could get millions of dollars playing football, I yeah. would sign on the dotted line today. But I'm CTE knowledge and all. You would play. I would play in a heartbeat. I I've too. never played football, Andrew. Uh, I played soccer my whole life. I would love. I would have loved the opportunity to play football. Like watching it now and how much of a crazy passion I have. You know, basically I'm off a of fantasy and. Degenerative gambling habits and watching it on TV. It's just, it just, like I said, it's barbaric. It's just dude just hitting each other. Although now with this new helmet rule, you're going to see a lot of a lot of those little yellow flaggies on the field, and it's just going to be a debacle. Wait. I hope I hope this preseason they're just, they're just testing it out. I, I hope just, it's just testing it. Real quick, I just I want to call it. So even all things being equal, you're not a Giants fan. You're just a really good football player. You still wouldn't play for the Eagles or the Cowboys. Not at all. Really? Get out of here. My dad ruined He's a cowboy. Bullshit. I call your bluff. Like I told you, Andrew. Of course I would play it. If you take your fanhood out of it. Of course. Sure, of course. See, I... Listen. I wouldn't... If my son gets drafted by the Cowboys, I don't know if I can root for him. Okay, I'll tell you who I wouldn't play for. I wouldn't play for the Buffalo Bills. Nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins. That just seems like a miserable place to play in the wintertime. Miserable, right? It's cold. And the only reason why I don't put Green Bay in that same conversation... Is because... Did you like cheese? Yeah. 
Lambo. Really? Lambo. You know, it's historic. You want a Lambo leap. That's like, all you want. You know, there. I don't want to play in Chicago. Dub Bears. Although I'd like to play in Chicago. I don't want to make my home in Chicago if I had to choose a team. That's, what's going on in Chicago? No, I have no idea. I don't want to play in Tampa Bay. It's the wrong podcast for this. No, no idea. I know Tampa Bay's... No, no. Nothing good going Land on there, and I don't want to be on the same you team. You don't want to be in Florida. You know, I don't mean not, not even that. You just don't want to be in Florida. Dude. You, just, you hear those stories out of Florida? Yeah, I just... Dude brought an alligator into a liquor store. Like, come on. I have, I have, I have no interest in being with Jameis Winston, and I don't want to be with the Cleveland Browns, honestly, because I've been watching Hard Knocks, and I, I like Hugh Jackson. I think he's a good head coach. It's just, that's just a weird situation. They got Greg Williams there. They got the guy that was the head coach. Was it Todd Haley? Todd Haley. There's so much. It's a circus there. Man. I mean, I can't take hard knocks. I, I never watched an episode. I, I probably should. But I just feel like it's so scripted. I mean, it's probably not, but it probably is. No, but you can see the things that are scripted. Because 100%. I heard there's some crazy fights between Haley and Greg, and Greg you know, Greg Williams. Yeah, about, it's like they you know, just hitting like, the quarterback. You know, somebody should block my guy then or some Typical, you know. Two, just a lot, that's, a, that's a lot of egos so like you for a team that's 1-32, Andrew. Right. And you know you what s- I mean? And you see this thing with... And did you see what Bud Light did, by the way? They locked up the The beer. fridges all over Cleveland until they win their first game? What? Someone, someone with a big bull cutter just going to have yeah, a field yeah, day. Yeah, have a field day with those. Either. But honestly, no. In Cleveland, they're, they're going to wait. Watch. They'll wait until they win the first game. Uh, is Dez going to... Where's Dez going? Man? I have no idea. But you get to see... Baker Mayfield learned some lessons. You get to see him. You get you get in depth on some of that stuff. You can tell when it's not scripted and when it's scripted based off the camera angle that you're getting. It really is what it goes down to, and the conversations that you're allowed into, and stuff along those lines. But that's probably why I I don't I don't trust the Browns. And to your point about Des Bryant, I know he went on a visit there. Whether they sign him or whether they don't, they don't have much depth at the wide receiver position. I know they have Jarvis Landry. I know Josh Gordon just said that he's coming back, but he's I, one joint away from going back to the Looney. But bit, at so. the end of the day, there's no depth there in the wide receiver core. Who are these? Whether it's Tyrod Taylor, or it's Baker Mayfield. Who are you throwing to? Right, Duke Johnson out of the backfield. Which I mean, I mean, which it hasn't Carlos been a bad Hyde. option. Carlos Hyde is not a bad it's option. Cleveland. Cleveland? Is you have Njoku? Is that the tight end? And, yeah, David Njoku, I think, is, 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 is what we're going with. That doesn't excite me. No, listen, it's not. What do you put them over? Over under what? Five, over under. Five wins? That's a stretch, Andrew. Jesus Christ. They won one last year. They'd be they happy with zero three. zero last year, I thought. That's, you're right, zero. One, one, the one year one before. Because he said, because Hugh Jackson you know, bet the media that he'd jump in the, 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 and he did. the, uh, the lake there. If if they went worse or if they went one fifteen again, of course they went over. A goon, one and thirty two. How did he still have a job? Another team, possibly. One thirty one. That's quick know. math. Eh? Way over under plus plus or minus five. Oh, under. Give me under. They're gonna win four. Really? But that's to be that'll be they'll throw a parade. They throw a parade for zero wins. I'm gonna push. Yeah. So make it five and a half. So you can't push you. Nah, I'm pushing. I make the rules here. I'm pushing. You no. would. You would be an adult Adrian, and a cat owner. Adrian Peterson signs with the Redskins. I'm not saying Adrian Peterson is a. Ooh, they have some injuries. The Redskins. They they lost Darius Geis, Samaje Pirine, and Byron Marshall also have some injuries. They're not going to be out for a long time, but they needed some depth at the running back position. Do the Redskins contend at all this season? I hate saying this because they're obviously the NFC East, probably the best division of football. Andrew, no bias there. They're going to be a sleeper team out of the out of the NFC East, Andrew. I think uh, you know. I don't want to say. I mean, Alex Smith. He's a, he's your typical game manager. 
is was he better than is he an upgrade from Kirk Cousins? I don't know. Kirk Cousins, the eighty four million dollar man out there in Minnesota, looking good, looking looking real good. So I mean, listen, Washington can Jordan Reed stay healthy? What does I mean? Adrian Pearson had nothing left in the tank with Arizona. I mean, he didn't show much. He had like four really good games. And then it was the Saints, month. right? What, what did he do? What did he do the Saints? Nothing. Yeah, no. I mean, everyone in the Saints is shooting steroids. Ask. But really, boy, what uh, it did was it just sparked the interest of, are the Redskins going to be able to do anything? Not that is Adrian Peterson the difference maker, but do the Redskins at all have it, have the talent to be able to compete because of how good that conference is? I think they're going to have a, that division. a sneaky good defense, too. They've kind of been building up that defense with Norman. they got the linebacker, Riley. Um, some of those big dudes on the on the D-line. I think they got the rook out of Alabama. What do you th- what do you think about this? Teddy Bridgewater to the Redskins. Why? The backup? Who's going to play when you're done with Alex yeah, Smith? Teddy Bridgewater. You know where Teddy Bridgewater should go? Jacksonville. Miami. Do you want him on Miami? You I love mean, him on Miami. I believe you only have one more year, Ryan Tannehill. I, I bet you, you don't know. I mean, he looks pretty good right now. Uh, that Listen, that's a good, uh, it's a good spot for the Jets to be in right now. Because you don't have to rush. They all look good. Yeah, you're right. They all do. Josh Allen took a big step playing behind. And A.J. McCarron's got hurt. All right, so let's get into the rookie quarterbacks. Because I know when you were rookie on so- QBs. You were on Solo Rinaldi last week. for episode, Tony Solo. For episode 31, okay? And I believe you shouted me out and wanting, and wanting me to respond on some of this stuff. I so, probably did. I Mike McCagney came out and was talking about Sam Darnold. And it was his exact words were, I'm in exceptionally impressed by Sam Darnold. Do you, Anthony Rinaldi, believe? And he kind of, in some of his comments, left the door open for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater to be traded because you're probably not going to trade McCown because of the contract that he signed and honestly the worth that the Jets kind of want for him. So with that being said, is there a realistic possibility that Sam Darnold is starting opening day for the New York Jetropolitans? I mean, listen, that's going to be that's going to be the talk of the town all the way up till September. Do you start the kid three games in what eleven days, ten days, something like that? You have three games. That's that's a lot to throw on a rookie plate. That's the tough part about their schedule. And I mean, again, it's the preseason. You don't see you don't see schemes. You don't see defenses really game planning for you know what the Jets are going to bring. And the Jets kind of run their, uh, you know, vanilla offenses versus, you know, vanilla defense. You just you, you want to get through the game without getting hurt, and you just want to kind of see, you want you want to see what kind of depth you can get on this fifty-three man roster, Andrew. That's what all the preseason is all about. So I don't think starting Sam Darnold is going to be the the best course of action for the Jets. I'm kind of in that camp of start Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, so now you start Teddy Bridgewater. He plays really well. Maybe your win-loss record isn't exactly where you want it to be, but it's in an okay spot. Do you see the Jets staying the entire year, staying the course with Teddy Bridgewater if he proves that he's competent enough and he's the guy that can compete, possibly have them win ball games, and really take a step up this year as an organization with a lot of cap space going into 2019? He's only 25, Andrew. And you know what? I think if you're the Jets, 25, 27, whatever it is. If you're the Jets, if if you start out say three and one, four and one, four, you know, two and two, I'd say just ride it out with Bridgewater. What is the rush? You have Sam Darnold on a rookie contract for five years, let's say. I don't think the Jets are a win now team. 
Yeah, you got a little bit of running back. You got Isaiah Crowell. You got a bunch of other little, uh, a few few other guys that it's going to be running back by committee. You don't really have any tight end to speak of. Curse is a stud out there on the, on the wide outs. And now he's and Robbie an Anderson is a little bit number of, one. Robbie Anderson is a little bit of a knucklehead. He's a head case. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the talent, the talent is not right there, I don't think, for Sam Darnold. So, I don't know if I thrown him to the Wolves three games, ten days, NFL schedule, the, the brutalness of going through, you know, the rigmarole of going through the practice. So, I think if Bridgewater is your guy and he looks good enough and you, and you don't get the offer you're looking for, if you get a second or a third round pick, maybe you jump on it. I think you jump on it. But if not, you ride out Teddy Bridgewater. What's the harm? You got him for 500k. Yeah. That balances out the 10 million you paid for McCown. I agree. I think you're going to see a Giants Eli Manning situation. He came in, I think Giants were 5 and 4. They were still fighting for a spot, but I Tom think, Coughlin understood the situation. So 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 my thing is I'm going to say it's going to be reversed. They're going to ride out with Teddy Bridgewater. They're not going to switch over to and Sam. And you're going to think the fans are going to be screaming, "Hey, put in Darnold, put in Darnold," and they I ride think, Bridgewater. I think so. But yeah, Look! Look what happens when you when when Aaron Rodgers. I mean, obviously, I you can't. You don't know if Sam Donald's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he sat for three years behind Brett Favre. Okay. I mean, obviously, Brett Favre, Teddy Bridgewater is hard to hard to compare, but they knew what they had in. I mean, listen, kid's only twenty years old. He's, he'll turn twenty one during the season, so it's like Plenty let's of time. Re, let's relax, folks. Let's let the kid grow. You know, he just he's gonna he's gonna grab his first beer. I mean, let's let the kid grow a little bit, get a little chest, little hair on his chest. If you feel that way about Sam Darnold in New York, now that A.J. McCarron has gone down in Buffalo, do you see Josh Allen starting opening day, or do they go with Shane Peterman? Nate Peterman. Nate Peterman. How do you not know the starting quarterback? Well, wow. whoops. Listen, that in that case, you start Josh Allen. Screw it. What the hell? I agree with that. You have a rabid fan base. They're going to eat it up. I still think he needs to body slam somebody. Through here's a table, the, Bills uh, Mafia style. But here's the other side of that. And maybe I agree with that second part. I hope he videotapes that so I can watch it on over and over and over. Maybe make it a GIF. GIF. The other side GIF? of that. GIF. 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 I think it's a GIF. Whatever. Could be a GIF. Weigh in on that on Twitter. The problem with the other side of that coin is, I know AJ McCarron's not out for an extended period of time. So the other thing you think is, do you start Nate Peterman for one, two games until A.J. McCarron comes back, give him the reins. and Because there are a lot of people that don't know if Josh Allen really is ready. This is a Buffalo Bills team that was in the playoffs last year. So you have talent enough to go back to the playoffs this year. You didn't lose a lot of guys. You did lose Tyrod Taylor, which people don't put enough stock in Tyrod Taylor. But at the end of the day, that's the other side of the coin. Did you watch any Nate Peterman? Andrew, I don't ever want to see him start a right. football game. So if I'm the Buffalo Bills, he's your backup, backup insurance policy. Maybe you go after an RG three, let's say, out of Baltimore. Uh, he's playing pretty well. Maybe they go after Teddy Bridgewater themselves. Yeah, but Buffalo. if you're eighty percent there with Josh Allen starting, that's, that's what I'm saying. So that's, that's it's an interesting predicament because of an injury. So that's why I think it's different than the Jets. With uh, you know, because Teddy Bridgewater. You, you, you want to showcase him. You're not going to do it during the preseason, really, because you you want to get Sam Darnold the reps. The Jets are really an interesting spot. You know, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. They'll probably find a way to screw it up. To kind of like the Mets in that aspect, they always find ways to screw things up. You know, they drafted Sanchez, and that kind of went south fast. Yes, granted, they went to two AFC championships, but he was your game manager. They just said, Mark, don't screw this up. But I think if you had Sam Darnold, they're going to let the you know let him go loose, un, un, unreach the, the reins, but. Pump the brakes, Jets fans. Kid's young. You don't need to start him. You got a very capable QB right now in Teddy Bridgewater. 
And maybe this is the year the end of the uh, what division are you guys in? A- AFC East. The AFC East, because uh, Brady's gonna fall eventually. Him and Belichick. They, I mean, I don't know who he's throwing the ball to out there. Hogan, Gronkowski. I think the Dolphins could be asleep. They need, to, they need to figure Stop. out their Dolphins run game. Dolphins are terrible. And lock that up. Dolphins will be the worst in All the right. division. Another one. You just ripped them, but does Baker Mayfield play for the Browns this year? Or are we seeing Tyrod Taylor legitimately start 16 games again for the Cleveland Browns and lead this revamp of this organization? Number one draft pick. Wow. I mean, do you want your number one draft pick, Baker Mayfield's? If it's an open competition and he wins it outright, like Hugh Jackson was saying, like listen, if 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 he shows enough and he takes it and he if he proves to be the starting quarterback, he's going to be the starting quarterback. So I, I I'm going to say I'm going to say I think his name is is, is Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, whatever whatever you want to call him. I believe he'll be the starter, and I think he's going to go the majority of the season. I don't I don't think we're going to see Baker Mayfield, unless something happens. You know, he's injury prone. He's a running quarterback. You know, he's a little mobile. Uh, he was like I say, he broke Buffalo to the to the. To the playoffs, so you can't that you can't deny that experience. He's got some talent. If 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 Josh Gordon stays on the straight and narrows, Jarvis Landry's a stud on the. They got the running backs. They got a little. The defense is is kind of a, a kind of an unknown, but they played pretty well last year. Good front line, tough division. Option for option for good front yeah, line. Yeah, they they drafted number one last year. Uh, Miles Miles Garrett, Garrett and uh, you know that would have been nice to, to pair up Chubb with him. I imagine those two on the D, that would have been a hell of a defense. So I, I think the defense is going to step up this year. I th- like I said, I don't think they're going to get more than four or five wins because it's a tough division, and the AFC is kind of a crapshoot this year. Um, I kind of do want to see Mayfield, but I think it's going to be t- uh, Tyrod. I think. See, I kind of want to see Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyrod Taylor is the guy that, if Ryan Tannehill isn't working out for the Dolphins, and I'm seriously not just trying to bring it back here, this is my legitimate football opinion, that is a guy that could fit into the style of offense that Adam Gase likes to run. It is somebody that can work. But I want to see him as well. And I think that's the best opportunity for the Browns, hands down, bottom line, to have the most successful unit they need to have this year. Okay, last question for you before we finish this episode 32 up. I got a fantasy draft coming up this Saturday. Okay? Running backs are my priority. Okay? I love Todd Gurley. I don't know what my draft pick is yet. I'll find out when I when we get there. Okay. How I many love, teams? I love Todd Gurley. We have ten teams in the league. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give me your list of running backs or players in general that you think I need to look at. Doesn't have to be a specific amount of players. I just have been writing this list. I'm getting prepared. The Boulders play, I believe it's a 6.30 game on that Saturday, so I won't be live at the draft, but I'll be listing it for somebody, my depth chart, so they can draft off that depth chart. And if I look at my running back position, I got Todd Gurley at the top of that. I got your boy Saquon Barkley because I truly believe that Saquon Barkley is going to be somebody that has a really good year. And the other few guys I wrote down was Alvin Kamara, obviously Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and then a real good one for me was Christian McCaffrey. Anyone, anyone I'm missing there? Dalvin Cook. You, do you trust Dalvin Cook with the knee injury? I'm not too sure. Uh, Latavius Murray, his backup, apparently has been struggling uh, in the preseason. He's had a bunch of fumbles, fumbleitis. Uh, Leonard Fournette out of Jacksonville also had a hell of a year last year. I like him. He runs angry. 
Not too many dudes do that anymore. Melvin Gordon. Uh, I like this revamped Chargers team. They're going to be pretty good, I think they are. If anybody wants to go watch them, they're kind of like the Oakland Athletics. Melvin Gordon. Nobody cares. Yes. Kareem Hunt. And I think those, ooh. Although, watch out, Spencer Ware. Typical has, typical, you know, robs him of some things. Your boy, Kenyon Drake. But those are... But those are good names for me mm-hmm. because I'm hoping that I can get two legitimate running backs and then a steal later on. That might get me a bunch of catches out of the backfield and a few uh, a good surprise touchdown total. You're not gonna you're not gonna like it because it's in your division. James White. Is it a PPR league? No. Mm. He's gonna get. That's I mean, the problem. But, but he'll get some TDs. He's on gonna that, get a lot of TDs. Offense not offense exactly. In that offense, because who else do they have? And Hogan and Gronkowski. But and what's his name suspended for the first four games of the year? Juice Man. That'll. Be. That's interesting. All right. No, Deion Lewis either. He's gone. I'm, I'm putting that down. Melvin Gordon's the one that stuck out to me the most in that list. But I love Leonard Fournette as well. So that's going to be on my depth. Dalvin chart. Cook could be interesting if he's if he's right. That's, that's a tough injury. To but come I think back that to. could be a late round pick because I really don't think that because the injury a lot of oh. people probably Dalvin yeah, Cook. Nah, he'll go pretty soon. He'll go pretty you think he'll go early even with the is, injury? Is it an auction or is it regular like a snake? It's a regular snake. Okay. Either way. I want. I always look for running back steals late in the draft. Well, Mr. Rinaldi, it is a pleasure and it has been a blast back here at the Digby Dab Studios. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Download. Find us all over the social media hemisphere. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. Andrew, it's always a blast hanging out with you talking sports. We'll be back Friday morning, the Friday morning dab, of course. Reminder, the AA Balls podcast is presented by Digme Nation. Yes, we are the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie. Head over to digmenation.com. Use the promo code DIGTHEDAB18 and you can receive 30% off your next person. Digmenation.com. DIGTHEDAB18 for 30% off your next purchase. Andrew. Are we hanging out with some ex-Yankee ball players pretty soon? Is I that, is that really are. happening? December 2nd. December 2nd, folks. VM Sports. Instagram and Twitter. 20th. The ESPN's been celebrating. And they did on Saturday the Yankees. 1998 World Series champion. And we got the chance to do the same. And we are going to do the same for you folks. Andrew, tell them where they can find all this information. Head to VM Sports on Twitter and on Instagram because during the month of August, you have the opportunity to receive Hurry up, folks. Only a week left. $25 off your tickets. It is going to be a great event, folks. You have the opportunity to meet some former Yankees and talk to them about their experiences winning the title. That would be Jeff Nelson, Shane Spencer, Tanyan Sturts, and Charlie Hayes. Listen, that's my heyday. 1998. That was a great squad. You can join Anthony on the Dig Meat Red Carpet event. You can join Andrew at the Q&A with the former World Series champions. I am Andrew Andrew Romanella. He is Anthony Rinaldi. We remind you, get us on Twitter and on Instagram. Social media. DAAB Podcast on both DAAB Podcast.com. Come, rate us, like us, share us. This is the Double A Balls Podcast, and we are
Dab Friday Morning Edition 21 for 20. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast Friday Morning Dab edition, I don't know, 444, let's call it. I'm not keeping track. You're not keeping track. Just want to let you know, Andrew has moved north of the border to some desolate location with no internet, no phone, no nothing. He's no longer here, folks. It's just me. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, he's out there on the recruiting grind for the dab faithful out there in Canada. Hopefully we'll be back together shortly, folks. But I want to dive right into it. Football has started. Glad you're waking up with me this morning. Want to discuss a little NFL action if we have time. Perhaps maybe talk a little baseball. My Yankees right in the thick of it as we wind down. Only a handful of games left in the baseball season before the real fun starts. But let's pay the bills. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Social Media Blitz. D-A-A-B Podcast on both. Subscribe to our email blast. You can check us out at com. The website's fantastic. It'll take you to our new clothing outlet. I mean, we got gear, folks. We got bags. There's hats. There's stuff for the upcoming fall season. I mean, you got to get out there. Check it out. Also, head over to digmenation.com. Get your official Dig Me gear. The Dab Podcast. We are the official sports podcast for the guy in the tie. This gentleman is so generous that he will give the folks who use the promo code DIGTHEDAB18 he will knock off 30% off your purchase, and that is whenever you feel like using it, folks. Once, twice, three times, doesn't matter. He's going to keep it going. He's that fine, and he's that nice. Also, we've been reminding you about this great event coming up in December. December 2nd, VM Sports is hosting the 20-year reunion of some great former Yankee ball players. We're going to relive the 1998 championship season. And there were some great studs on that team. We're going to hear some of the in-depth locker room nonsense. Some of the the struggles the team came across early on in that playoff run. And they weren't sure. They had all those wins. But if you want to meet and greet some great Yankees. Jeff Nelson. Tanyan Sturtz. Charlie Hayes. And Shane Spencer. They will be up here in Northern Jersey. The Dab faithful if you use the promo code dab my buddy is knocking off 25 percent off your ticket purchase that includes dinner that includes open bar and that includes the meet and greet with those yankee legends head to underscore vm sports on instagram you'll see their page you'll see all the information it's a great event it's going to be a lot of fun our 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 co-host andrew will be lining up the folks knocking them down, question and answer session. Myself and Digme owner, Ray Digme, will be hosting a red carpet event to get all the people excited for our event. So we want you to come out. We want you to experience this. And frankly, 
if you're listening to this podcast, you know how much we're going to crush this Yankee event just because, hey, it's the Yankees and our buddy Vinny is doing a great job over there at VM Sports. So check him out. I want to jump right into it. NFL started, folks. Although last night, if you watched the game between the championship Eagles and the Falcons, you saw a lot of laundry. And that's listen, that's to be expected. The first game of the season, it's going to be a little rough. The, the, um, the referees aren't really... Game ready. The players aren't game ready because the starters don't start. <clears throat> but you saw a lot of laundry on the field. Kind of a choppy game. No, no team really came out of the gates hot. You saw Atlanta march right down the field. But then the typical Atlanta Falcons, they got stuck in the mud in the red zone, <clears throat> and they actually went for it on fourth down. Never say chase points, but listen, you, it's first game of the season. Would have made a difference if they took a field goal in the first drive of the game. Who knows? But. They settled to go for it on a stupid stretch play to the outside. It never works. doesn't work in Madden, folks. I don't know why it's going to work in real life. Devonta Freeman stopped on fourth down. Philly takes over. Blah, blah, blah. The game was pretty good. Again, just good to watch football. I know all you degenerates, all you fantasy nuts. The drafts are done. Your teams, you're, you know, you're putting in your squad for the weeks, for the upcoming week one. And I'm sure some people had some some, some Julio Jones action. He didn't do much. Devonta Freeman, dude got six carries for 36 yards. I mean, I don't know what Atlanta's play calling is. They threw the ball 40 times. They ran the ball like six. I mean, that's crazy to me. You got to run the ball. You have a two-headed monster with Freeman and Coleman. But, hey, folks, it's a long season. We can get into it. It's going to be a grind. But on this special edition Friday, Tony Solo, I just want to talk to you about a little NFL action. I have kind of... Five little nuggets I want to go about the NFL this week. It's kind of five things I'm looking forward to seeing. And, uh, I mean, if you've been listening to Sports Talk, if you haven't been living under a rock, Le'Veon Bell not showing up at Steelers camp. Week one, it's going to come and go. Le'Veon's going to hold out. He did this last year, folks. He played under the franchise tag. He showed up literally, I think, the Wednesday or Thursday of week one, came in, played, you know, did his thing, and was one of the top backs in the NFL. And, I mean, the dude is going to receive, hasn't signed it yet, but is, is received is supposed to receive a $14.5 million franchise tag again to play under one year on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we all know that he wants to hold, he's going to hold out. He wants a long-term contract, and it's not looking pretty. I mean, you saw teammates come out, and usually teammates of a player of Bell's stature will not come out and rip the player. They, they, they understand that, you know, it's, it's a short window for running backs. The man needs to get his, he needs to take care of his family. And, you know, every, everybody just usually kind of toes the line there. But you saw it from everyone from the coaches to veteran players to even his old linemen, the guys that blocked for him, were so fed up and furious that Le'Veon Bell did not show up to, re- to receive his $14.5 million contract, that he would just kind of tell the team, you know, go and do you. I'm going to do me. You you guys do you. We have we basically have a championship roster, uh, championship level roster, and we're only a few guys away from really, or really we're only just playing the game away from heading to the, to the, to the Super Bowl. They're that good. I mean, oh, uh, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, 
They got two great t- tight ends. They got Vance McDonald out of out of Forty Niners. They got the, they got Jesse James out of Penn State. They have Juju Smith-Schuster on the outside. They have a, a bevy of run, uh, linebacker and, and and DB help this year. So they restacked the defense. I mean, this is the year Pittsburgh. I mean, every year you say Pittsburgh's always one of those top teams that's gonna that's gonna play for a, a, a spot at the Super Bowl. And you know what? This year you got to think with an older Ben Roethlisberger. Antonio Brown, you know, a little more healthy than usual. That Le'Veon Bell shows up, Pittsburgh's going to be a force down the stretch. But as it is, Le'Veon Bell's holding up. His teammates are pissed. I don't know if he's going to come back into that locker room, and I don't know what his thinking is. You know, do I sit out four games? Do I do I sit out six? Do I sit out the eight? Do I go the whole ten and then show up? You know, for week ten, collect my five or six million left on my contract, walk away from Pittsburgh. And you know what? Do big things in free agency. Pretty sure he'll be a New York Jet. So for all my Jet fans out there, get ready, folks. Le'Veon Bell will be coming to gangrene uh, shortly in the 2019-2020 season. I can almost guarantee that. Write it down now. Andrew, in Canada, wherever you are, write it down. Or remember it because it is a podcast. Le'Veon Bell will be a New York Jet in the near future. But I think he holds out, folks, for the full 10. I think he's proving a point. I don't think he wants to put the extra wear and tear on his body. I mean, last year, under the franchise tag, the dude played, and I think he had over 400, 405 touches or something like that. Something crazy. 406 touches while playing on the $12 million franchise tag last year. And you know what? In, in, in last After last year, he said... he. He wasn't going to play under the franchise tag. He, he wants a long-term contract. He knows the lifespan of running back is very short. Uh, he's been dinged up a few times. He doesn't miss many games, but he does go, miss one or two games here, there. Uh, you know, banged up knee, shoulder, stuff like that. The things that every, everything that a running back is going to you know come across, Le'Veon Bell kind of faced last year. So he doesn't want to go through another season where he's basically playing. Uh, he's chancing his career on a on a multi-million dollar deal. But then you got his old lineman, guys like Raymond uh, Ramon Foster, who's making a tenth of what he's making, not even probably. <laughs> and he's shown up. And he said, you know, he's angry. Marquise Pouncey, the center, he's angry. But I think these guys were just kind of talking out of school, uh, out of class real quick. They it was a kind of a, a, a quick moment in the locker room. The reporters asked them and they, they kind of got heated. They didn't really they didn't really think about what they said, they just kind of said it and I mean, Antonio Brown came out and and he backed his star running back, and obviously the you know Roethlisberger he's going to back his star running back because they know they need him in the locker room to to be successful this year. But uh, I mean, I just think it's it's it just comes down to is Le'Veon Bell really going to hold out, and is he really going to sit the entire season and rest out, rest his legs, and get right so he can get paid big time in his free agency. Come next year, I don't know. I drafted him in my fantasy league last week, so I'm a little upset. I don't know what I have to do. I'm thinking about trading him. You know, should Pittsburgh trade him? I don't think that's the case. I think we'll see Le'Veon Bell, but I think we'll see him week ten. And frankly, if you're a Steeler fan, that's got to chap your ass, make you a little worried. But hey, that's the pleasure of doing business in the NFL. Let's keep it with running backs, folks. And I want to touch on base just because I'm a homer. But everybody league-wide is, re- is, is on bated breath to see number 26 for Big Blue, my New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, much-anticipated week one start. 
I mean, we're going up against the beast of a juggernaut defense in Jacksonville. You know there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. He's kind of the savior for our Giants. We didn't draft a quarterback in a quarterback-rich draft. We're going with our potential playmaker in Saquon. We got a healthy Odell, a healthy, rich Odell on the sidelines now, ready to go. A, 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 re, a retooled offensive line, brought in Nate Solder, drafted a beast in Will Hernandez, also picked up another gentleman from Jacksonville. I can't say his name, so I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But he should, and we have two guys from last year. Eric Flowers moved him over to the right side. See how that works out for us. That's a big question mark. On defense, you know, the Giants should be better than they were last year. We had that great run in 2016 after the players, kind of after we signed all those big-name players, Snacks, DRC, Jack Rabbit. All those players kind of meshed well and hit on all cylinders in 2016. Then we had that stout defense. Obviously, last year, we had a lot of issues with Landon Collins and Eli Apple, DRC, some injuries. Our, our D-line really didn't show up. So it, was, it wasn't the great defense that we're used to seeing at a big blue. But number 26, I think the Giants, if Pat Shermer has learned anything from his time in Minnesota, um, obviously he lost Dalvin Cook, so he didn't get a, he didn't get a true taste of, uh, of a running back game. Uh, he had Latavius Murray over there. They had a bunch of filling guys in Minnesota last year for, for Shermer, and he did a great job with them. Uh, I'm hoping that he he takes a, a playbook out of uh, the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell and honestly give Saquon 350-plus touches this year. Let him run the ball 300-plus times. Let him get 50 to 60 catches. Get the ball. You know, Eli should just, if, it, if the play's not there, just dump it down. Let's be an effective screen team and use the talent and the ability and the burst of Saquon and just use it as a weapon. The Giants have never had a good screen game. I always wondered why we never throw the ball like that. We never do anything with purpose with our running back. And I think finally, with the addition of Saquon, our offensive line is going to be a lot better this year. I do like his his shadow, Wayne Gallman. The dude is going to come in a little bit like uh, Thunder Lightning. He's going to be he's going to be the quick back, uh, the quick scat back. He's going to you know get out in space and do some good things for us. But really, it's all going to come down to how the O line blocks for twenty six and for number ten. Because if you can give Eli time, he's going to find say he's going to find Odell. He's going to find Shepard. Hopefully Evan Ingram with the concussions will be right week one and he'll play. Because you know Jacksonville, they're going to stack the box. They're going to make Eli beat them with the pass because they have guys like Jalen Ramsey on the outside covering Odell. They're going to put eight in the box. They're going to make Saquon, they're going to make Saquon the rookie, show up and beat you in week one. It's going to be it's going to be nasty out there at MetLife. It's probably going to be, you know, human as a mother. It's crazy hot over here on the East Coast this past few days. That's going to continue. I want to see my man. Listen, it's no easy feat. The Giants have a tough schedule. We don't open up easy. Jacksonville coming into our house was a quarter and a half away from going to the Super Bowl last year. I think they had a 10-point lead on Tom Brady and the Patriots, but ended up blowing it. And it's not going to be easy, Giant fans. But like I said, with our retooled offense and the defense and the new look, I'm telling you we're going to like Pat Shermer. He's the perfect coach for us. He's going to make all the right calls. He's going to put our he's going to put the defense and the offense in the right positions. 
to do good things. And frankly, I'll take my I'll take my quarterback over Blake Bortles any day of the week. I'll take my wide receivers, you know, D.D. Westbrook, Keelan, uh, Keelan Cole, you know, no Marquise Lee for, for Jacksonville. They got uh, Dante Moncrief over there as well. But I think our D, I think the giant DBs are up for the challenge. I think it'll be a, a high-scoring game, actually, because of of all those playmakers on both sides of the ball. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see it. Saquon, <coughs> my, <coughs> excuse me, my running back from Penn State. Now with the G-men, it's all fallen into place for me. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait to see how Odell comes, you know, back from injury. That was a tough, tough loss in week in week four against Philly when he went down. We knew the season was over. I mean, obviously we were, I think we were only three at the time, so we knew the season was over going into it. But it is what it is. I want to see a healthy Odell. I want to see what he can do with with Saquon. You know, garnering some coverages, and frankly, it's going to be it's going to be a big season for the Giants because we put all our eggs in an Eli basket. Dropped their you know cut Davis Webb. Gonna go with Kyle Oletta and some other dude named Tanny as the backups. So it'll be it'll be a big year, interesting year for Big Blue. And staying on injury and seeing guys come back from injury. One of my keys for Week One. I want to see how Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson play. Because both of these characters, quarterbacks, leaders, visionaries, game changers. These are all adjectives I would use to describe Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson. Now, we haven't seen Andrew Luck, I think, since 2016. It's been like 20-something plus months since Andrew Luck has been on the football field in meaningful games, thrown the football around. So I can't wait to watch Indianapolis. I think they're going to be, I mean, listen, they're going into a pretty good game against Cincy. It's not going to be too much. I mean, listen, you got, you got a good a good front four for Cincy that's going to put pressure on Andrew Luck. But if he can get out of the pocket, if he can make those plays with his feet and not take those extra hits, you know, learn to slide, get out of bounds, Andrew. Don't be a hero. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to gain, you know, win the game on every play. You know, you just got to, you just got to get up. You know, you got to be healthy. When you're healthy and you have those weapons, T.Y. Hilton, they got Marlon Mack coming out of the backfield. I think he's going to be injured. They got a, a rookie in Jordan Wilkins running back. You know, he should do some nice things for them. Jack Doyle, I mean, this dude caught, this dude was a great tight end last year with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. So I think he's going to be a, a kind of a sleeper pick for all those fantasy nuts out there. If you haven't, if, if you're still drafting or if you're looking for a tight end or if you want to trade for one, I like Jack Doyle this year. I think with, with a healthy Andrew Luck, I think Jack Doyle is going to get a lot of those checkdowns, a lot of those plays, those 10 to 15 yard routes right over the middle, kind of that safety blanket. Every good quarterback has that safety blanket. Peyton Manning always had a great tight end. Tom Brady had Gronkowski. Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have a great tight end, but always had a big name tight end in his in his camp, at least to throw the throw, you know throw the ball to. So you need a tight end. I think Jack Doyle is going to be big time for them. I want to see if Deshaun Watson can come back from that ankle injury. Uh, I mean, listen, when Watson was a starting quarterback for the Texans last year from weeks 2 through 8, they had the number one scoring offense at a 34.7 point clip. And when it didn't start, scoring offense dropped to 13 points per game. I mean, that is just absurd. No offense to Tom Savage, but Houston will only go as far as their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, goes. 
And we got a healthy defense now. J.J. Watt coming back. Jadavion Clowney. Quinton Merciless. I mean, Houston has the potential to to make a a late run for the postseason. It's going to be a tricky AFC South. I mean, you get that that healthy Andrew Luck. The Jaguars aren't going anywhere. Titans are going to be obviously pretty special. Another year under Mariota. They got some great running backs, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. They got a, a stud sleeper core in Corey Davis and Rashard Matthews down there in Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee has the makings, Delaney Walker tight end. The defense is pretty pretty much uh, as whole as they were last year, so they're coming back healthy. So I think that you're going to see a lot of good things out of that AFC South. It's going to be a dog. It's going to be a dog uh, a dog fight down there. And I think it's going to come down to who stays healthier. And I think Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson are two of, if not, the top leaders for comeback player of the year. We're going to call it already. Before the season even starts, comeback players of the year, those two will be in the running. And if those two are in the running, it'll be a good year for Indianapolis and Houston, respectively. Another key that I want to see on week one, and that is the heavily touted Los Angeles Rams. The road to Lombardi for them starts in Oakland. And that, my friends, is also an interesting jumping off point. That's my kind of fourth and fifth points are the LA Rams. And I want to see kind of the Chicago Bears. Those are kind of the four and five uh, topics of week one that I'm really intrigued about because the Rams, like I said, they've invested tens upon tens of millions of dollars in free agency this offseason to bolster that defense. You know, we weren't sure what this, the contract with Aaron Donald was going to be like. They eventually figured it out. They made him the highest paid defensive player until like 48 hours later, and then Khalil Mack became the highest paid defensive player. But Aaron Donald got his money, got what he deserved. You know, he's the face of that defense. They paired up in Dominican Sue on that D line with him. They brought in a Marcus Peters to shore up and uh, Aqib Talib to shore up the secondary. They brought in a Brandon Cooks, uh, kind of replaced that Sammy Watkins. He's going to blow the top off defenses. He's that speedster. You know, Jared Goff coming into, I think, year three. This is a big season for him. You know, he kind of made that big step last year. Uh, So as long as he's not, you know, turning the ball over, and he's more of a, you know, not, I don't say game manager, you know. You, you don't do more than Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith is uh, a pretty good quarterback, and, you know, everyone calls him the, he's your consummate game game manager. And, you know, as long as Jared Goff is not, turn, I mean, Todd Gurley is going to, he got paid. He's he's looking to get his again. He had a great uh, 2018, 2017, 2018 campaign. So we're going to see a lot of offense out of him this year. So I'm I, the L.A. Rams, that division, you get the upstart 49ers, Seahawks, you know, Earl, yeah, Earl Thomas did report to camp, but who knows what that situation is going to be like. You know, I don't trust Arizona. They're still young. They're going to go with Sam Bradford, a quarterback, with uh, one of the one of the Joshes at the helm. I believe uh, it's Rosen. I think Josh Allen is, is, is in uh, Buffalo. I believe the Cardinals drafted Josh Allen. Andrew in Canada, he'll correct me if I'm wrong. But either way, I think it's – the Rams are going to take their division. I think they have a, a pretty much a, one of the best shots in the NFC to go face off the Lombardi Trophy in February. And it's all going to be based on that defense. And if they could 
really good after the ball. And with Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, it's going to be a nightmare for those guys up front. And like I said, that L.A. Ram game, you know, their week one matchup starts in Oakland against John Gruden and the Khalil Mackless Oakland Raiders. And, I mean, that just blows my mind that Oakland traded away the defensive player of the year in Khalil Mack. And, yes, he did have a little bit of a down year last year, but that's just because teams were basically scouting, you know, he was the entire defense last year, so... Even though he doesn't get to the quarterback every play, he, you must account for him. And he's going to be a big disruption. And Chicago, Chicago's taking the playbook out of, out of the Los Angeles Rams. Listen, you have Mitchell Trubisky on a second year of, of his rookie campaign. So he's not getting paid a lot. So you have that window. You have that small window. Look at Seattle when they had Russell Wilson on, that, uh, on a third-round rookie contract, which is a lot less than, obviously, uh, a first round, which is obviously Trubisky's second pick uh, overall last year. So you see, listen, they're, 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 the Bears are retooling around Mitchell Trubisky. That defense from Chicago also has some, some pretty young talent. They had a number overall, number eight overall pick, Roquan Smith, that they took this year. Add him at, at linebacker. Add him with Khalil Mack. They have a, in 2016, they drafted number nine overall, Leonard Floyd. He's kind of an underrated linebacker. So, I mean, they have the potential now by adding Khalil Mack that that defense, they have Prince Mukamara, an ex-Giant player, pretty good pass coverage guy on the end there. The the Chicago Bears, I don't think are going to make a splash this year. I think that is going to go to Green Bay, the healthy Aaron Rodgers. I think they take that division pretty much in lockstep. I don't think we'll see uh, Chicago make that next jump this year, but I think if Mitchell Trubisky could could find his weapons on offense. I mean, you're going to have a healthy Allen Robinson. You have a you have a stud rookie rod, rod receiver in Anthony Miller. A lot of talk out of Chicago camp that this dude has all the tools. He's just a little bit raw, you know, when it comes to you know studying and game film and kind of knowing uh, the precise route to run. But the dude is a freak when it comes when the ball's in the air. You know, Chicago is loving Anthony Miller. I know I got a lot of him with my fantasy. A lot of sleeper. A lot of late round picks. If anybody's searching the waiver wire, want to take a flyer, this dude, Anthony Miller, is going to be a stud. You just watch for it. And if my boy Mitch Trubisky takes that step like he should, that jump from, you know, rookie season into sophomore season, we might see big things out of the Chicago Bears. But I don't think it'll be this year, folks. I think it'll be next year. So everybody out there in uh, Chicago, the Bears, Mike Dicka, just relax. I think they're doing good things. Uh, I want to see, obviously, week one. I don't know if Khalil Mack will be ready to play in in Green Bay. It's a Sunday night matchup. It's a great matchup of history there. Green Bay versus Chicago. I, if if Mack suits up, that'll definitely be fun to watch. I don't think anybody on Green Bay can block Khalil Mack, but that'll have to be for, uh, you know, that Sunday, that Sunday night. You know, Football all week long, folks. It started last night with the Thursday night game, standalone game, Eagles versus Falcons. It wasn't the best of games, but the first few weeks, folks, are always a little shaky because basically we got to knock the rust off because nobody plays preseason and the refs got to figure out all the rules and how they want to call it. Didn't see much, you know, of that helmet targeting rule that everybody, you know, was was worried about preseason. Had an interesting, you know, review of the catch rule already. Still don't know what a catch is, but hopefully that'll clear itself up you know, along the way. 
Uh, I wanted to get into some baseball talk. I think we'll save that for when my man, Andrew, comes back from Canada. I know he wants to kind of jump into it and get uh, his his baseball feed, you know, feedback. He's been crushing it out there in Canada. I want to hear about his his college run. I think they're in the playoffs. I think they're doing big things down there. And when you do, and we're talking playoffs, you know we got to talk Yankee baseball. I mean, it's coming down to who they may be playing this game in Oakland, folks. If they don't, you know, right the ship. If you don't get healthy, if Aaron Judge doesn't come back, I mean, I don't know what we're doing. Gary Sanchez, I think this. I mean, I don't know what's up with him. His, he's he's out of it. His his brain is gone. Severino is not the ace that we thought we had. I don't know who we're going to start in, in in a game one wild card if we even make it. I know we're going to make it, folks. We have a nice, I think, three-and-a-half-game cushion, three-game cushion at least right now. And uh, we head into Seattle tonight for a long you know, a long weekend. And we come back, and we, then we got Boston, uh, end of the week. So, listen, we got to get got to get healthy. I think Didi comes back tonight. He'll bolster our lineup. Uh, you know, Cashman made some more moves, some more moves. After the trade deadline, you know, August thirty fourth, August thirty first, waiver wire. We got McCutcheon, Echeverria, you know, Cashman's plugging holes, but we need to get healthy. We need Judge back. He's the heart and soul. So when Andrew gets back, we'll definitely dive into a whole whole realm of baseball knowledge because I think we got twenty some games left before the postseason starts, and we got some interesting races. The NL is coming down to the wire. The AL will be a rat race. And uh, it'll be a fun October and football starter, folks. I am excited. I got big things to do. Week one, Giants, Jaguars, headed down to a friend's house. Going to go check out that scene. Going to go watch my boy Odell torch Jalen Ramsey. I got to get out of here. I'm late for work. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Let's get after it, folks. Nice weekend. Hopefully the heat subsides up here, over here in the east. And we get back to some uh, early fall weather. And we get back into that football weather. Can't wait. Let's go, folks. Have a good one. Andrew, do what you got to do. Get this out there. Get it to the folks. I can't wait to be back in studio. I don't even know if we have a Digme studio anymore, but if we do, let's get after it, Andrew. Have a good weekend, folks. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. DigmeNation.com. Get your official Digme gear. Check out underscore vm sports check out their insta page they have all the information on that event coming up december 2nd look forward to getting back to our regularly scheduled program hopefully next week folks i'm anthony rinaldi i'm your host have a good one